Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. I want to deal now, and we'll do it this week and we'll conclude it next week, with the whole issue of how submission accesses grace. Submission today is like a swear word in the church. It's like a bad word. The moment you mention it, people shrink back from the idea. If I say to you, submit, people don't naturally embrace it for various reasons. One reason, perhaps, is because perhaps in the past you were hurt within a particular relationship and or abused, and so you have a scar in your soul. You're abused by someone to whom you were expected to submit to in a particular context or particular respect. And you've come out of that context either hurt, bruised, disappointed, and now you've left the context, but you come into a new context, then you hear the word submit, and immediately the wall is built up because of prior experience. And so sometimes the inability to submit is because of historical hurts. Now I want to encourage you. People don't understand submission and its power. If you truly have a revelation of what it is and what it does, you will embrace it and enact it with the greatest of ease. When you know exactly what's afoot here, right? When you know exactly what it will do for you, the blessings it will bring to you. So, you know the word sub, any word starting with sub, sub means below, like submarine, submerge, right? Subterrain. Sub implies go down. It implies humility. Submission, right? Mission is an assignment, generally, like mission impossible. We on a mission, we have to do something to get something done. Submission means to come under another so that a particular function can be efficiently and efficaciously performed. That the will of God might be done and attained in a particular context, but God requires submission for that to take place. Now, the most oft-quoted verse in the series especially in recent weeks, was James chapter 4 and verse 6 onwards. I want to read it. You will see how that, in the context in which humility is presented as that which accesses grace, submission is mentioned. This passage we're going to read now, James 4, 6 onwards, clearly says, if I want more grace, I must be what? I must be humble. James 4, 6 says, but he gives a greater Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I taught you to get more grace, you focus on humility. If you can master humility, you can position yourself for maximum grace reception. But if you entertain pride, what does God do to the proud? Come on, talk to me. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I want to demonstrate to you 
that part of humility is submission or that submission is one of the expressions of a humble heart. Nobody can submit to another until you are humble. Okay? Nobody can submit to another until you are humble. And your submission gives testimony to the fact that indeed you are humble before the Lord. Okay? The very next verse is, submit. Can you see the link? It talks immediately about what you need to do. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Verse 10. Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. My point being, within the context in which the word of God sets forth humility as the ideal disposition to attract and recruit grace unto itself, in that the center of that context, God gives a therefore. Submit therefore. Everyone say, submit therefore. He says, submit therefore. If you want to master this thing, you must master submission. Right? Submit therefore under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you. Re- submit to God, resist the devil, and he will, and he will flee from you. So submission is quintessentially an expression of humility. First Peter five, verse five to seven, was another text we used to teach the principle that we have to be humble to access grace. This text says, you younger men, the word subject here is synonymous with submit. If I'm to subject myself, it implies sub, submission. The text says, you younger men likewise be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourself with humility. Now ask your neighbor, are you properly dressed today? I don't mean this, I'm talking this. How are you clothed? You must clothe yourself with what? Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. For it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the, to the humble. Right? Again, within the context of grace, coming to one who is humble and God resisting a proud man, the instruction is to subject. You younger men or your immature, subject yourself to those who are mature. Subject and listen to those that are over you, your elders in the Lord. Okay, So submission and humility, literally in these contexts, are synonymous. Now I need to give you the Greek meaning of the word submit. It's very important for you to understand this in the Greek. Because remember the New Testament was written in Greek. Sometimes English translations miss the essence of the meaning. In the Greek language, the word Submit is the word hupa. Everyone say hupa. Tasso. So it's hupa tasso. See, if I say submit in the Greek, I'm saying hupa tasso. It is built on two words. Hupa, the prefix hupa, and tasso. Hupa literally means down or under, like sub, below. Hupa, sub, down, under. Okay? So that's easy enough to understand. Tasso means to place in order. 
to place in order. Everyone say to place in order. Hupa tasso, hupa down under. Tasso to place in order. Hupa tasso, it literally means God will, it means two things. God will sometimes cause you to be below somebody because his kingdom has an orderly arrangement of things. His kingdom is not unstructured, arbitrary. His kingdom has got protocol, has got order, has got structure. And if you're going to get the benefit of grace coming to a humble man, all the verses saying, discern the order and slot in. Discern the order, discern the arrangement and slot in. And usually that slotting in will demand you recognizing to whom must you be submitted to. We're all understanding. Tell your neighbor the kingdom is highly structured. Simply stated, you can't just do what you want to do when you want to do it. There are protocols and principles to be observed, right? And God requires that you be submitted. The rebellious person is the unsubmitted son. Hmm? Now, you know, I was thinking last night, I'm saying, God, are there any areas in my life where I'm an unsubmitted son? I want to be submitted. I really pray this earnestly. You know, I slept in Ray's room last night because I worked fairly late. When I came up to my room, I see my daughter sleeping with my wife. And they, she, they seem so in their own world. I don't want to disturb anybody. So I went to her room and I lay there. But I was, I was like lonely. <laughs> you know, I'm not used to that. Right? I was like lonely. I decided to pray you know, and just think about the message. And I'm saying, God, is there any area in my life where I'm unsubmitted? Please help me. And I prayed earnestly, I want to be a submitted person. If I'm going to access grace, I'm not just going to do my own thing when I want to, how I want to. I'm going to, I'm going to watch order. I'm going to observe protocol. I'm going to be a person of, of great rectitude. Because that is submission. Right? Hupa, and to order things in proper arrangement. But also too. The word hupotasso literally also means this. You come under somebody for that person to put your life in proper order. Yeah? Now, tell the person next to you, your life needs to be put in order. <laughs> okay. You know, we don't think like this, right? We don't think like this. That is why you need a spiritual father. That is why you need somebody in your life to speak the word of God, to counsel, to guide. Left to yourself, you're going to make a big mess up of things. You need a voice, like Andy said this morning. You need someone to counsel, someone to guide. That's why gatherings like this at Sunday morning meetings are highly important to me. Why? You're not coming to take yourself present. You're coming to get instruction. If you, let me just say this. I, I father you, if you are my son in the Lord... What governs our relationship is the Word of God. Yes. Nothing else, nothing more. Yes. I will be there for you at, at your worst need. When you are in serious trouble, I said to you last week, I will stand with you and by you at the risk of my own reputation. I will walk with you through your darkest valley, and I still commit to do that. But if you claim sonship, the thing that binds you to me is the Word of God. If I have the Word for you, what, 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 what cements our relationship is truth, the Word of God. Okay, 
So remember it says when you obey the word. The word obedience is hupa. Again, come under. Hupa akuyo. Akuyo means to hear. Yeah, now you should be learning it. Any Greek word starting hupa means you go. Like hupastasis, the, 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 the essential nature that undergirds everything that appears as the glory of God. Right? So to obey is obedience is hupa akuyo. Akuyo means to? Shama in the Hebrew, yeah, obey. To yeah, intelligently. In the Greek, akuyo. If you want to do this again like Andy Stephen must do, yeah, intel- it literally means intelligent hearing. Yeah. Right? So watch. When you hear the word, watch, and when you obey, the word obey is hupa akuyo. It lit- literally means you heard something and watch. And now you bring your life under the word that you heard. In that sense, you are covered. You have spiritual covering, not when you can identify Randolph is my father or Randolph is my pastor, therefore I am covered. Don't fool yourself that you are covered spiritually simply because you go to a church. You are only covered spiritually when you obey the word that comes through your spiritual father. Because covering, if you're going to come under anything, you don't come under a man. One man cannot cover another man. It's the word of God through the man that covers you. You see, Pastor Thomas is my spiritual father. But I know I am not covered. Even though I can identify him, he lives in Santon. That's my spiritual father. I'm only covered when I obey the word that he brings. When in my obedience is my immunity. Come on. You want immunity? You want protection? You want blessing? You see, submission is first to the word. You cannot be submitted to the person if you're not submitted to the principle. If you're not going to be submitted to the principle of submission, you will never be submitted to the person that God requires you to submit to. Yeah? I'll say it again, very important. If you're not going to be submitted, or embrace rather, the principle of submission... You will never submit to the person God expects you to submit. Now, what makes it easier for you to bow and say, yes, I will listen to you? You're not listening to a man. Your priority is you carry word of God in your person. It's that what I want. Yeah? I hope you're all here for the word, eh? I hope no one's here for these lights. Nice lights, right? We love them, but open your chair because we got nice lights. <laughs> or a lot of parking. You know, people decide many different criteria why they will join a church. Right? You, you, you come for the Word of God. Amen. Okay? Yes. Come for the Word of God. Amen? So I want to encourage you. So it implies headship. It implies an observance of divine order. There's an order to things. There's protocol. For example, in a home, who's the head of the home, biblically? Come on, talk to me. Who's the head of the husband-wife relationship? Husband. Who decided that? If some of you left to yourself, you put the wife there, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Who decided that the husband bears ultimate responsibility in in that relationship economy? God decided. What must all wives do? Accept that. Submit to that, because if you submit to that, that, that 
Watch. You are submitting to the principle of God governing the relationship. When you submit to the principle governing the relationship, the functionality of that relationship is realized. And the purposes of God attendant with it will be accomplished. So a wife is to submit to the order of a husband's headship in Christ. An employee must submit to his or her employer. I mean, submission is everywhere. If you go to work, let's say tomorrow, and you say, Boss, I've decided today I'm working half day today. So who put you in charge? When did you decide this? Are you asking or are you telling? No, I'm telling. You can't upset the apple cart. There's an order. Right? I'm amazed. Watch. People can respect order in secular society. But when you come into the kingdom, you have difficulty accepting that the kingdom of God itself too has structure and order that requires submission. We'll be on time for our bosses tomorrow morning. I guarantee you hardly any of us here will be late for work. But a kingdom meeting, we treat shabbily. Why? We don't realize the profundity of the kingdom. We don't realize that the kingdom is the context that will literally determine and define my success out there. But we treat that economy so, so scantily or so, so shabbily. Okay, now, quickly, I need to go fast. I told you this is going to be a long teaching, but I'm going to try and cover as much as possible. Are we all fine? I want you to leave. Pray the prayer I prayed last night. When you leave here, your prayer must be, Father, help me to be a submitted son. I want to be a submitted son. Everyone say a submitted son. That's my prayer. God, I never want to be prideful of arrogant, do my own thing. I want to bow, bring myself under your word. I hear intelligently what you're saying. I discern it to be right. And I simply design an obedient reaction and response out there when I go. And I do the will of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I do the will of the Lord. So tell your neighbor, Hupa Tasso. By the way, everything I teach now, today is the setup for next week. Tell your neighbor you're being set up. <laughs> okay. Please don't miss next week. Next week, I'm teaching general principles now, but I want to take the life of the Lord Jesus next week and show you how he, as the pattern son, was the epitome of the submitted son. Amen. And you will see all these principles demonstrated in his life. Ephesians 5.21, I want to talk briefly about the mutuality of submission, the mutuality of submission. This text says, be subject one to another in the fear of Christ. Now, although the Bible speaks largely of submission within a particular relational context, like a wife being submitted to a husband, like a spiritual son being submitted to a, a spiritual father. Colossians speaks extensively about employee, employee being submitted to his employer. says it extensively in Ephesians and in the book of Colossians. So there are particular relationships that the Bible clearly speaks about. But before we go there, this particular verse says something powerful. It speaks about mutual submission. Where irrespective of your calling, your role, your rank, or your function in the world, or in the body of Christ, or in the kingdom of God, we are all 
it respected to submit one to the other. Right? Not setting aside a person's office. So let me give you a classic example. If I am your father in the Lord and you're my son in Christ, I have the word of the Lord for you. I speak the word of the Lord. You hear that word, you obey, therefore you are covered. You should honor, respect me in the Lord. Because that is biblical, right? We know those principles. That's true. But you know simultaneously also, I, who is essentially over you in the Lord, should also have no problems submitting to you. Irrespective of my rank. I should have no problems bowing if you have a view that's the word of God for me. I should have, irrespective of my rank and function, have no problems hupotassering and submitting myself to, to you for a particular issue or particular will of the Lord that needs to be done. Okay? Now, I want to encourage you. People don't understand this verse. By the way, this verse in Ephesians 5, this is the preface, the introduction to his start or he's, he's, he's the commencement of the portion on marriage. He's about to say, he's just about to say, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. But before he says, wives, submit to your husband, what does he say to both? You be subject one to another. So listen carefully. While there's submission governing particular relationships, there's a general principle of submission that's an abiding disposition and character of your heart where you and I must be prepared to be submitted to everybody else. Don't walk about proudly and say, nobody can tell me anything. I'm the doctor, bishop, apostle of the city. <laughs> nobody can tell me nothing. How dare you? As a, a lighty, <laughs> you know, I'm too, this term comes to my mind. You know the term lighty? Some of you didn't grow up in, you were spaza, you were like a, you know, you come, Johnny come lately, you're a lighty, bro, where you come from? You want to tell me, I've been on this part so long, you come, Johnny come lately. Do you know, a Johnny come lately can have the word of the Lord for you, that has been walking the path for years and years. But if you hold your history and your experience in the Lord up against someone who has the word of the Lord for you, and you fail to submit and discern the word of the Lord when it comes to you, you've manifested pride and grace passes you by. He gives grace to the humble. You know, I think very often God will test our hearts in this. God will test. That's why you must train yourself. Be submitted one to the one to the other. The word another in this text, everyone say one another, is the Greek phrase alelon. Everyone say alelon. It literally means reciprocally. Reciprocate. Or it means mutually. That's why I couch this as the mutuality of submission. It means mutually. Right? Now it's alelon. Alelon is to so if you submit to me, I must reciprocally be able to submit to you. Okay? Right? And, but, and there's a way of doing this, by the way. Right? There's a way of, of doing this. For example, Timothy would say, Paul says this through Timothy, I think to Titus also, 
He says, do not sharply rebuke an old man. Right? If someone older than you needs correction, don't. there's a way of doing it. Don't sharply rebuke an old man. But it says, appeal to him as a father in the Lord. Yes. Huh? So please, with some of you will get the wrong end of this message. Oh, the Lord ran off, empowered me. I can go tell people, no, 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 no. That's not the spirit. Right? There's a redemptive love position by which you always would, would function. So alelon means to reciprocate or you do it. It's called mutual submission, right? But the word alelon is built up from a Greek word, alos. Everyone say alos. And alos means another of the same quality. When it says, watch, it's very important for you to understand. Submit to one another. It means one another of the same quality and kind as you. It's the opposite of the Greek phrase heteros, like heterogeneous, you know. Any hetero means dissimilar, right? It's opposite of homo, means the same. Hetero means dissimilar. Yeah. Alos means of the same quality, the same kind. Now, do you know that you are of the same quality as each other? Yes? Uh, do you embrace the principle of one another? Do you know there's so many one another scriptures in the Bible? Love one another. Pray for one another. Bear one another's burden. That word one another is alelon, reciprocally, mutually. It's built up from the Greek alos, meaning the other in one another. The other in one another is of the same qualitative substance as you. Therefore, you have no problems to submit to that because it's not a hetero. It's not somebody that's alien to the internal constitution that you possess. So he has vested interest in you. So if a correction has to come, you have no problem sub submitting. Right? So repeat after me. Submit to one another. Right? Right? It's person that has the same uh, DNA, the same ilk as you. And what does it say in whose fear? In the fear of Randolph? No. It says in the fear of Christ. The fear here is reverence, respect. Reverence, respect. So this economy must take place. Not loosely, not shabbily, not recklessly. It must be done with soberness and in reverential fear of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. In reverential fear of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay? Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Quickly. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Amen. Now, can I ask you, church, are we going to practice love? Yes? Come on, talk to me. Are we going to practice the willingness to be subject one to another? Yes? Okay? But to do that, it demands humility and it will demand you esteeming everybody else as better than yourself. I read this before. I want to read it again as a, as a witness. Philippians 2, verse 1 to 5. Therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Everyone say same mind. Same Be mind. of the same mind, maintaining the same love. Say same love. United in spirit, or it should be one in spirit, intent on one purpose. Everyone say one purpose. one purpose. 
I trust when you come here, we all have one purpose. Right? You lose your individual ambition and you come into one purpose. Right? Attendant with the, with the house. Then it says, verse 3, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Very important. You see, if, 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 if I'm to submit to Rakemia, if I'm to submit, the Bible says, I must submit one to another. If I perceive him to be the other in one to another, the other, you got this. See the word alos. Everyone say alos. We get the word alloy in English. We got the same texture, the same composition. So I have no problems when he has the word, I submit because I'm seeing myself in him. God is speaking through him to, to me. I can never do that. If I'm proud, and this verse says, I must esteem him as what? Better than myself. Okay? Esteem him as better than myself. The moment you belittle someone, it's very difficult for you to accept any kind of advice, counsel, or correction from them. Because already in your mind, you've placed them as, uh, what can they tell me? What can they tell me? Because see, look at my, the moment, this is why I want to encourage you. Never get so skillful. Never get so been that, done that ten times before. You're not open to something new that God wants to bring to you. But the demand is position everybody as better than yourselves. Okay? I've said this to you before. Say to the persons around you, you are better than me. You are better than me. Better than me. What I want to generate in the house is submitted sons. You're not just submitted to me. As a leader, but your submission must also be mutual one toward the one toward the other. I'm telling you, then we'll have a whole submitted house. When God sees submission, He will fill that house with great mission. When He sees submission in the house, the functionality of the house will go to a new level, and there are things we'll be able to do um, because of our humility. That will really be, be powerful. Verse 4 says, very powerful verse, verse 4. It says, do, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of, of others. Now, mutual submission includes all of these things. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, you must clothe yourself with what? With humility. I asked you in a moment, a moment ago, are you dressed? Are you clothed with humility? Now, I shared this with you before. The Greek phrase for clothed is eg kom bumai. <laughs> Sounds Greek to me. <laughs> you know when they write the, the New Testament here, right? And Peter's writing. Or John Mark. You know John Mark wrote 1 Peter? John Mark, his son. In 1 Peter 5.13, Peter says, John Mark, my son. John Mark, the writer of the Gospel of Mark. The same John Mark who left Paul. Remember? And he and Barnabas split over the decision. That guy. Right? <laughs> he was once unprofitable, but now he became profitable. That guy, when Paul wrote 2 Timothy chapter 4, what did he say to his son Timothy? Only Luke is with me. Bring the cloak, bring the parchments. And he says, and bring John Mark. Because he is profitable to me. He was once unprofitable because he left me in the lurch on my first missionary journey. He's like the Onesimus from last week. Was once unprofitable, but now? So John Mark wrote this. Uh, uh, theologians and church history says 
Peter dictated, John Mark wrote it with his hands. John Mark wrote 1 Peter and 2 Peter, but Peter's thoughts, right? So John Mark, Peter to John Mark is saying, uh, 1 Peter 5, 5, he's saying, clothe yourself with humility. Egg kom bumai. Egg kom bumai, when he says clothe yourself, listen carefully, it's kombu, the derivative is derived from kombu. Kombu is to gather and tie in a, in a knot, okay? And egg kombuma was an apron or a towel that you put around yourself, right? So when the Bible says, clothe yourself with humility, scripturally it's saying, tie, fasten yourself tightly with a white apron that distinguishes slaves from their masters. So, you see, our slaves would wear this white apron. It's like a towel or a white apron. It's called the egg comboma. Right? So when the Bible says, clothe yourself with humility, it means fasten or tie very tightly around your person. Baptize yourself in a servant's mentality. You are not seeking to be served. You're going to position yourself to serve. You're going to position, and therefore, you have no problems bowing to another. No problem submitting to another. Do you know in John 13, Jesus, the Bible says, what did he do? The Bible says he took his robes off. And he, and he robed himself with a towel. The Greek word there is lention. It's equivalent to ekombomai, which literally means, you see, he took off certain attire to re-identify himself by another disposition. And the Bible says he took upon himself a servant's towel and he began to wash the, the disciples' feet. Remember? When he came to Peter, Peter protested, Lord, how can you wash my feet? Right? Uh, Jesus said, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, you have no part with me. Then Peter said, Lord, not my feet, but wash my Whole body. Jesus said, not your whole body, just your feet, because you're already clean. But I need to wash your, I need to wash your feet. Right? And Jesus said this, if I, your Lord and Master, have done this to you, I have set it as an example for you to do to each other. Right? I, your Lord and Master, have done this. I've set this as an example for you to do for your Master. Now, you know, the washing of the feet, feet, according to Hebrews or Ephesians 6, in the armor of the, the Lord that believers should wear. You get the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. In the belt, you've got a sword of the Spirit, it says, which is the Word of God. And the last item in the armory is your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So feet, yes, does speak of momentum, but it speaks of the execution of the purposes of the Lord, bringing the gospel of peace to whole communities. Jesus said, I need that to be cleansed. I wash your feet, because your feet carry my body to nations. So I need you, Peter, I need to wash your feet. If I have done that to you, mustn't you also take the time to wash your brother's feet? In other words, take the time, Peter, to 
build into your brother to, to, to serve him, to bless him so that you become an encouragement to him to aid his preparation and his peace, to aid his movements into the purposes that God has called him to do. You see, washing of the feet means preparing for action. When last have you washed somebody else's feet? Not literally, please don't no. get a bowl of water and say, sit down, Randolph, and wash your feet. I know there's a place where there's some prophetic action. But in the past, we did that. Remember these times? I've been in meetings many times. People wash my feet. It was a lovely, powerful, prophetic act. But now God wants the reality, not the act. Now, I'm saying to all of you, when last did you position yourself to use all your resources to literally aid somebody else's preparation for their going forth into their destiny? You see, the submitted heart is essential for that. Here is, if I, your Lord and your Master, have lowered myself, hupotasot, I actually went down on my knees, bowl of water, the towel, and I've given, how much more, he said, should you do that one for thee? Should you do that one for the other? You know, I get many requests via Facebook and other platforms. And I do my best. Sometimes it gets unmanageable. I do my best to respond to, to everyone. There was an outstanding message I had for about, about a week on my system. I just couldn't get to it. And the other day I said, oh, must, it's always at the back of my mind. I must respond to this brother. Somebody in Kenya I don't even know. So and he had a question about a particular thing that was bugging him. So I took the time. It took about a half an hour of my time. Typed it out. I responded. And I, and I sent it to him. And he responded the other day. He said, firstly, I did not expect a response. But the fact that you responded, and you responded so thoroughly, God has just showed me how special I am. Now, he obviously ranks me high in his mind. So he said, a person of your caliber has taken the time to speak to me like this. It's given me, uh, God has just shown me how special I am in his sight. Sometimes, you see, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy. And sometimes we've got our own agenda, our own agenda, our own agenda. But take the time. Sometimes it's costly. It's time. Yes. Yes. I miss the busyness. But build into somebody else's future and somebody else's destiny. In that way, you demonstrate your sub submission to God. So the Bible says, you see, it's not just clothe yourself with humility. It's clothe yourself with humility to one another, it says. In reference to the other, we of the same alloy, the same allos as you. Okay? Clothe yourself with humility one to the other. You know, John 13, you know, when I thought about this, I inserted this into the text, into my notes late last night before we were able to roll the notes off. John 13, verse 3 to 4. Watch. Jesus, knowing that the Father, please open your spirit eyes and ears and read into the text. This is the word of the Lord. It says, Jesus, knowing the Father has given all things into his hands and that he has come from God and was going back to God. Watch. Watch what's the saying. He says, Jesus, knowing, hey, my Father has given me all things. I know where I come from. Come from my father. 
I know where I'm going. I'm going back to my father. Next verse says, He got up from supper. He laid aside his garments. And taking a towel, he girded himself. And the rest tells you how he'd wash the disciples' feet. You see, he, he functions in a lowly position, knowing who he is and what he has. When you know who you are, where you come from, where you're going, and what the Heavenly Father has given you, there is no task too beneath you to do. Because you're not defined by what you do, you're defined by what the Father has made you. I have no problems setting up. We hear quarter past eight every Sunday. We set up, we do things, no problems. Other pastors, I know in some contexts, that's beneath them. How can I as the pastor do that? No, no, no. You're never too big to do the most mundane tasks. Never too big to serve somebody a cup of tea. Lyndon's not here. He, Lyndon, the first time he came to our home, I served him tea. <laughs> he said, Pastor, you serving me? I was shocked. I said, so what's the big deal? Pastors, we serve the pastors. I said, yeah, but just drink the tea, bro. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> although God called us and we're doing spiritual work, but we're never so big that we can't do the lowliest of tasks. Amen. So I want to encourage you. You see, I love this. Everyone say Jesus. The first three. I love this. Please, you've got to get this into your spirit. It says, Jesus, knowing the Father has given him all things into his hands, that he, come, he came forth from God, he was actually going back to God. The Bible says he had no problems putting on a servant's towel. And ministering in, a, in an act of total submission. I mean, think about it. He's the Lord. They're the disciples. He's the teacher. They're the learners. Okay? He's the leader. They're the followers. But he demonstrates to them, I will serve you. Because what I do to you doesn't make me less of what God has called me to be. Even though the natural order in the world is, how can you? You're the leader. How can you do that? No, 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 no. Things don't define us. Amen? So, don't be afraid. Tell someone, don't be afraid. Some of you, I'm going to say this is a prophetic meeting today. Some of you are toying with, with lowering yourself to confront certain people, to broach certain things. But, and the Lord is saying, but use every resource to wash their feet and to prepare them for their destiny. And you're toying with the position. Let me just say this. What you do is not going to take away from who you are. Not what, what God is expecting to you to do will not make you less than what God has called you to be in Christ. Because that doesn't define you. Okay? The Lord, your Father. Everyone say, I have a Father. I love this. I have a Father. Okay? Galatians 5 verse 13. Building doctrine this morning. While it's prophetic, I'm building a case in your mind. Right? Building a, a pattern in your mind for submission. Come on, are you already inclined for this? Yes. Is the cry of your heart, yes, Lord, I want to be the submitted son. If I master submission, grace will attend me. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not use your freedom in opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. We are called to serve one another. Not to only serve your spiritual father. Right? 
I served my spiritual father. I was listening to myself the other day, editing one of our sermons here. And one of the sermons here, I said this on the tape. You know, you only realize what you said when you hear yourself say it later on. You know, I'm I said, did I really say that? And I said, there when, I said, when Pastor Thamo sees me walk into his context, any of his meetings, what he will see walk through the door is strong support. Remember I said this? Strong support. He will know that son is not a liability. That son I can lean on. That son I will depend on. Because the Bible says the men of David came to him and they gave him what? Not support. They gave him strong support. So I want to, tell, I want to encourage you. Tell you number, be a strong supporter. Right? But listen carefully. Apart, apart from this way, supporting this way, you must also serve each other. One of the best ways to serve your father is to serve his other sons. <laughs> One of the best ways to serve your father, I'll say it again, is to serve his other sons. You make, watch, let me use, let's say Claire, let's say Marion's going through something and Claire discerns it and she decides to wash her feet. She decides to fulfill this verse which says, through love I must serve Marion. In serving Marion, she makes me strong. Because yes, you're all sons in the, the house of your father. Okay? Come on. Yes. Get the revelation. Yes. We're going to invite for supper. We're going to invite for lunch. We're going to build into, we're going to take the time to adjust your schedule. To say, that one I don't know. That one. Let me, let me make them strong. If I can watch. I keep saying this to you. Get to know each other. Yes. Get to know each other. Yes. The more we strengthen bonds here. Yeah, the more stronger the house becomes. Amen. The house becomes stronger based on the quality of relationships that exist in the house. Mm. But will you see, if it's just you, your family, and nobody else, that's your world. You will never get the grace that God has intended for you to get. You see, we are after grace. Everyone say grace. 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 I mean, you know, we, we go to ALS, eh? and Renee and the others that went with us uh, last year, We'll recognize if the recent school, it was tiresome every day, especially this last school. We had people over. Corrine will tell you, remember, Asim? Every day, I made it my deliberate intention. I'm not just going to Asim. I'm going to my father's house. My father got other sons. Every day, we had people from different nations for lunch or, or supper every single day for five days that we were there. What am I doing? Strengthening my brothers. Because if I can strengthen my brothers, I strengthen my father. Yes. Right? Come on, get the revelation. Yes. I don't want to go through other scriptures. Just do the little things I tell you to do and see your grace content grow. Yes. You'll be amazed, brethren. You know, some of us want high-powered revelation. But if you do the small little things consistently over time, you will see things vastly different for you. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Come on, we're going to make the house strong, yeah? I want everybody here to get to know everybody. Take the time. Yes. Don't know someone, connect. If the, you see, the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, the Bible says he filled the house where they were. In the book of Acts, he came in the room first before he filled the people. Yes. The Bible says, and the house was filled. Then it says, and the Holy Spirit alighted on each of the disciples. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Before filling the people, he filled the context. But listen carefully. When I sing, 
when you come into the room, like the song we sang, I'm not talking about this room. Brick and mortar, this environment. The word house is in the Greek oikos. And oikos does not denote the structure. Oikos denotes the quality of relationships in the house. God wants to fill the quality of relationships in the house before he fills everybody in the house. Yeah? So when we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Our here is not here, Durban North. Our here is the quality of relationships that we have built up. Yeah? Come on, come on, come on, work with me here. Yes? Are you going to be submitted one to another? Are you going to love one another? Yeah? Hallelujah? See how excited I am about this message? (laughs) Amen. Romans 12.10 Be devoted one to another in brotherly. Give preference one to another in honor. Be devoted one to another in brotherly love. Watch. Give preference. Prefer the other. Give preference or honor to the other. Right? You know, the, the, the one version says the same text as follows. Prefer one another and be devoted one to another in brotherly love. You know what this literally means in the Greek? Some versions say it quite nicely. It says, if you're going to outdo each other in anything, outdo each other in the degree to which you love each other. If there's a race, if you're going to have some kind of competition, it must be this. Outdo the other in terms of how you love the other and how you honor everybody. It's a good race. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a good race. And then just quickly, um, Matthew 20, verse 25 to 28. Verse 25 to 28. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you. So what is Jesus saying? Gentile lords in the nations, in the heathen nations, they like people to lord over another. They like rank and fire, rank and position. But he says, But it is not to be this way among you. Nobody must seek ascendancy over the other. Nobody must seek to be top dog. And everybody else is bottom dog. Right? Don't be, seek to be over and rank over anybody. But this verse says, But whoever wishes to become great shall be your servant. Do you know in the kingdom, servitude is the greatest position that you can come to as a son. It's the greatest position you can come to as a son. To put on that apron and wash the other's feet. The Lord says that's the greatest position. If there's anybody great among you, it'll be him that has chosen to be the servant. Right? Whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay? I think it's, it's, it's quite clear enough. I want to speak about sight. Sustaining submission. Sight. Everyone say sight. Sight. Sustaining submission. I wrote in my notes, listen carefully. True submission is born out from a revelation and prophetic perspective. Sight. Of the worth, value, and God-determined function of the other person's representation in Christ. 
This necessitates that the person is not appraised by natural standards in the flesh through an unregenerate aspect of the soul, but through the enlightened eye of a spirit. Let me explain. It's difficult to submit to somebody whose representation in Christ you cannot see. Sight is prerequisite to submission. So if I fail to perceive what you represent in the economy of Christ, I will never bow to it because I'm blind to what you are. I'm blind to what you represent. Okay? And so to get the, to get the submission right then, I'm going to train my mind not to perceive of anybody by natural standards or, 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 or principles of value. Second right? Corinthians 5.16 says the following. Therefore, from now on, we recognize what? No man according or after the flesh. That simply means the Amplified says it like this. Do you have the Amplified there? Watch what the, I love the Amplified in this verse. I think it's plain. Right? Verse 16 in the Amplified. Consequently, watch, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. Right? I want to go to the rest of the verse. Watch. He's saying, from now on, we know no one after the flesh or from a human point of view by natural standards. So what do you see when you see me? Ask your neighbor, what do you see? Young, handsome, colored fellow from Wentworth. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, what do you see? <laughs> you see, if, if I just say that, young, yeah, all is true, by the way, young, handsome, yeah, it's true, right? Not uh, like, right? But all those descriptors are what? You are praising me by natural standards from a human point of view. But if you see that I'm a man sent to you from God himself, born above, sent to you, with the word of the Lord, to function as your, your father in Christ. If you see, your perspective or your perception will shape your response. How you see a man is how you value him. Now, that all in reference to me. I'm asking for you, how do you see Sheldon? Right? Do you only see meat when you see him? Because he's a butcher. This guy's a butcher of note. <laughs> okay. Works a manager in a butchery. Yeah. What is so? If I must appraise him not by natural standards, yeah. not by the fact, even after his lineage, that he's from Zimbabwe. Mm. I don't appraise him by, watch, I don't appraise him by his gender, the fact that he's even male. The Bible says in Christ there's neither male nor female. I regard these things, but I see not even after his race that he's colored or that Shan is of Indian descent, right? Or that OG is of Zulu descent or Kosa. To be correct, Eastern Cape, right? Or Carolia is of white European descent. When I see these, if you're thinking racially, you are still appraising everybody after natural standards of, 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 of or principles. I must train my mind not to see race, but to perceive grace. If I can perceive the grace of God in a man, I have no problems. You see, when I submit and I bow, 
to that. It's not a white submitting to a colored. It's one son of God submitting to another, the other who is of the same alloy as himself, never mind externalities. So submission will be easy when perception is viewed not through the unregenerate fallenness of the soul, but through an enlightened eye of the Spirit. Yeah? Now ask your neighbor, see you see then. Based on what he's seen, ask him this. Based on what I've just said, ask him this. Now do you see me? Come on, ask him, now do you see me? You see, perception is very, very important. Submission is usually couched, watch, in reference of one person to another. Whenever the Bible says submit, it's usually from one to another, right? You will never submit to a person if you have first not submitted to the biblical principle regulating that relationship. Now, submission is for functional effectiveness. Now, I need to explain this very carefully. Lest you get the wrong picture before we leave. Everyone say rank. rank. There's rank and file in the kingdom. When we all stand before God, we are all equal. Not so. I want to stress that. We are all equal before God. We are all equal in terms of our sonship identity before God. Males are equal to females in reference to sonship, standing, and status, realm of spirit. So Paul would say, in Christ there is neither male nor, in Christ there is neither male nor, nor female. But we are one new man in Christ. But God has ranked us, all of us, for functional effectiveness. But ranking does not imply qualitative superiority of one over the other. Ranking is purely for functional effectiveness. So in the Godhead, there's Father, Son, and Spirit. Three persons making one God. Father, Son, and Spirit. Are they all equal? Father is equal to the Son. The Son is equal to the Spirit. The Spirit is equal to the Father. There's not one person in deity that is not equal in substance to the other. Theologians coined a lovely word. It's called consubstantial. Consubstantial means they all have the same substance. There's a substance in the Father, a substance in the Son, a substance in the Spirit, and the substance in each of them is the same for all of them. So they're all consubstantive. They're consubstantive. But for functionality, the Father is the functional head of deity. He will send the son. The son can't say, who do you think you are, father? Must I go? Why don't you go? No, the father has initiates the world and sends the son. The son will, and Andy said it beautifully this morning, the son will do what? You see, the son will submit to the father's dictates. My submission doesn't make me less than you. But my submission to you will guarantee that our corporate will in the earth is performed and done. So I have no problems bowing to you to get the job done. Everyone say this, get the job done. Say it by clicking your fingers to get the job done. You know, this is what I'm after. If all I'm after in the earth, God, I want to get your will done in the earth. But to do that, you require of me 
to bow to the will of another that you have placed in my life. The bowing of Jesus to the Father. You know what? Jesus at not one point in his 33 and a half year life on the planet had one moment of independence of his Father. He never lived independently of his Father. When they praised him, what did he say? Oh, you're doing mighty works. It's not mine. It's my Father's work. He actually says, my Father works, hitherto I work. Right? At one time, they, they praised him. Where does this man have these wise words from? Teaching is astounding. You know what his response is? The teaching is not mine. It's actually my Father's teaching. I'm just the showcase, the showpiece of my no? What humility, what submission. Never takes the glory unto himself. So in the Godhead, please remember this brethren. There's equality. Everyone say equality. equality. Equality of persons, equality of substance, consubstantial. But for functional effectiveness, it demands, watch, the Father initiates the will. The Son will submit in obedience to what the Father wants. And the Holy Spirit is sent, remaining invisible, simply to empower the Son in His functionality. And they all function as a seamless whole, as a seamless one. Do you think we can get that right? You know what Jesus prayed in the garden? Father, make them one. How? As we are one. I in you, you in me. Us in them. The standard of oneness. Listen carefully. We are not going to get oneness if we don't master submission. You look at oneness in the Godhead. The Godhead is submitted each to the other in the execution of a task. Now I want to encourage us all. You are here not by accident. Yes, yes. Tell you someone you are not here by accident. We read a text now. We must be of the same mind, the same love. Intent on one purpose. Say one purpose. This church has a mission. But to come under the mission, you need to, to be submitted to the mission. Yes. To be submitted to the mission means take my whole life and submit it to someone that can direct, someone that can speak, someone that can guide the process. What else on earth does it really matter that you have lived X number of years on the planet and you haven't contributed nothing to God's will being done. Yeah. Right? My passion. If ever you think about me, think this. <laughs> Get the job done. Get the job done. Baptize nations in doctrine. Teach the nations. Upgrade the churches. Get the job done. Come on, do this with me. Get the job done. Get the job done. Right? Come on, are you excited as I am? Get the job done. When you understand the profundity of the mandate, there's not, nothing you will not be, a, not be willing to do in order to fulfill the requirements of the Lord for that specific context. I haven't, got, I haven't really got to the kernel of what I need to say. Okay, you're going to have to wait till next week. But do you receive the word of the Lord today, man? Do you receive? I will continue this. We're going to have to do this for the next three weeks. So next week we'll carry on. And then in the third week, I'll show you this demonstrated practically in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. But my, may your prayer be like it's mine. Father, I just want to be submitted. I, you know, I said to the Lord, just show me. You know, the other day I was so desperate. I said, 
just show me what to do. If I have to pack chairs for the rest of my life, I'll do it if it's going to fulfill purpose. If, I, if, if all you're going to call me to is come early and pack a chair, I will do that to the best of my ability. I'll be the best chair packer in the whole planet. Show me what to do. The little thing, I'll do it. To the, all I want to do is, I, I'm not proud that I will not submit to anything you asked me to do. Show me what to do, and I will do it with all of my heart. All I want to see is your will being done in the earth. Passionate. Okay? Submission. Everyone say submission. submission. Hallelujah. So God is calling us to go scuba diving. Go under. Do you know, uh, a few years ago in Akala, Sean and I went scuba diving in the bay there. Crystal clear water. My first experience, but three or four years back. And we went, I can't remember how deep, but we had a brief training period in shallow water. Uh, we had an instructor. We trained for about an hour or so. He was telling us what to do, where to do various uh, uh, breathing exercises and um, crisis things. Like if your mask accidentally comes off, what do you do and you're way under there and how to uh, get water out of the mask and how to get back, a whole lot of things. So he felt we learned quite quickly, by the way. Sean had done this. was Sean's second time, my first time. So I learned quickly and he said, let's go in. We went down quite deep. And, uh, you know, you get, it's like, wow, a whole world exists here that I never knew was visible from the shore. And I go down, I will never get a view of what's available. God gave me a whole lesson that day. God says, unless you're willing to submerge, there's a beautiful reality that's out of your view and will forever be out of your view. Then the Lord said this to me. I said, yes, but you need equipment. Tanks, masks, tie, etc. And God says, yes, you can't go down because your equipment is inferior. Get the right equipment and you'll go down. The equipment is humility. The equipment is a disposition. Tell someone we're going down. You know, I've never, I thought this is like, ah, preach on humility, preach on submission. These are such elementary light things. I'm beginning to see more and more and more. God's telling me these are so critical. I'm going to show you a world you've never seen before. Please hear the word of the Lord. This analogy is not coincidental. It's apt. Hear the word of the Lord. God is saying, I'm about to show you a world You've never seen a perspective of things. You've never seen this from, from up to this point. If you're simply willing to be submerged and to, to go down. God will give you the oxygen tank. Don't worry. <laughs> you will breathe normally as you descend. Lift your hands as we pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. I pray your blessing upon us all. I really pray this, Father. Bless every single person here today. I pray you bless every single family, every husband, every wife, all the children associated with every family. Help us. We pray now. We, we, we don't even isolate this word for one or two of us. We come all of us. And God, we say we are in need of being more greatly submitted. We want to be submitted, Father. So we clothe ourselves with the apron and the towel of humility and servanthood one toward another. Help us to obey this word because with it will come great grace that you will give to a context and a people 
that have been submitted to your word. So we bow, bow our knee, we bow our hearts, and we want to say, Father, we want to submit ourselves firstly to you. Your word declares, submit yourself to God. Then we will be able to resist the devil, and he will flee. Thank you, Father. We submit ourselves to you. I thank you, Lord, that our submittance, our submission to you is our resistance of the devil. As we submit, we'll be empowered to resist every foe that you will bring again, that comes up against us in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I bless your people. Come on, lift your hands. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. May the Lord strengthen you. May the Lord give you peace. May the, the wisdom of God be your portion this week. I pray great grace be upon every single family. I pray you would be enriched this week. I pray you'd sense the Holy Ghost as your counselor, your friend, daily as you walk and talk in the normality of your life's business and the week's affairs. I pray the favor of God will rest upon you. I prophesy over you, church, this week, some of you are going to see the blessings of submission. This week, some of you are going to see doors open that were closed to you before. Because the Lord sees the lowliness, the humility of your heart. You're not proud, you're not arrogant. God sees that. And I hear the Lord saying, I've seen your heart, my son. I've seen your, I've seen your disposition before me. Now see now what I will do. You know what I believe? God's going to give us an inkling of a sign. A little innuendo. It's, it's not going to be the everything. It's going to be the first installment of a great reality. But God wants to just encourage you to say you're on the right path. You're on the right path. Do this with your whole heart. See what I will do amongst you, declares the Lord. Amen and amen. Amen.